All right. Wednesdays are always a trip to me because I don't think there's ever been, in four years, there's never been a Wednesday here that's ever been the same. Like, I see new people here every single Wednesday, but then not even just that, but I see SOS, Isaac, it's an emergency. Okay. (laughs) All right. See where I'm going to be when your house is really burning down. Plot twist. Never mind, I'm not going to finish that. (laughs) Okay. Who remembers, who remembers when they first learned how to swim? Who remembers that? Like, do you remember it, though? Do you remember it? Okay, I don't remember that. That's not something that I distinctly remember, but what I do remember is the, the sensation of drowning. Who here has drowned? All the people who raise their hand, I, I would have pegged you as the person who's probably drowned in your... No, it's okay. Tommy's not here, but he probably has drowned as well. Oh. At Awaken? And caught you fell out? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Were you okay? Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, hey, hey, that doesn't even matter. That's that's not, that doesn't even matter. Okay, hey, so this is what matters. I was hey. So I was uh, learning how to swim, and so whenever you're learning how to swim, you get suited and booted with what? You usually get you get your water wings, right? And then you get this thing, whatever goes around you. So I had, I had all of those things on. So I had, like, literally Michelin Man, feet up, feet up. And so I had, like, all this stuff on. I had all this stuff on. And then basically what had happened was there was a, a moment where I felt myself in utter disparity, start to slip through the tube. I know what you're thinking. I know. I still had the water wings on, but was still sliding through. It was in a swimming pool. And so I was a little kid. I wasn't 18 when this happened. I was a little kid, and, and my dad was at this party, and it was, it was a, like a church thing. And so he was standing in this patio, and I, and I screamed, I scream, I'm like, Dad, help! And he turns around, and he's wearing a tie. I don't know why he's wearing a tie. I've only seen my dad wear a tie like five times, and on this one day, he was wearing a full everything. So he had all this stuff on, and so I screamed, Dad, 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 and he heard my voice, and so what he does is he sprints through people. So, and he's getting through people, and then basically what he does is he jumps through the air over six kids, sailing through them with his tie. And then he lands in the water where I'm at just because he hears the sound of my voice. And he pops out of the water. He's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I was just sliding through the tube. That's, that's all. And he goes, were you drowning? And I said, kind of. <laughs> but I, and I, I, I don't know. To me, it felt like I was drowning. But like he knew the truth about me really drowning. See, like in that moment, it's really funny because me, like as a three, four-year-old, like, I have knowledge about drowning that's based on fear, right? So when fear overwhelms my body, I, I get afraid, and so I do what makes sense immediately. So I scream out to my father, right? But here's the thing. My dad had wisdom. I had knowledge. So he, he's been around a lot longer. So he has wisdom about why I wasn't drowning. My knowledge led me to believe I was, 
but his wisdom was actually, he wasn't worried about it. And I could tell. He was actually, he had a few different emotions about it. And so tonight is really weird because there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And so when it comes to the, the, the world being wise, we got to be very careful with what the world calls wisdom and what real knowledge is and vice versa. See, I, I could bring uh, Kern Watson up here, and he could talk to you about quantum physics, and we would all fall asleep. It would be worse than me teaching 10 times in a row. <laughs> His girlfriend goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's, she apologized for you. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going through this, this book. So if you, if you have your Bible, go there uh, right now. So if you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 16 to 23. So we're just going to be in that place right there. So before I read this, I'm actually going to go ahead and, and pray, um, and then we'll hosh into this. King Jesus, thank you so much for another day of life. God, thank you for who you are, Lord, that there's no lie in you. God, thank you that there's no ulterior motive in you. God, thank you that at the end of the day, like we can always look to you and see that you're true and that you're right, and God, and what you offer us is wisdom even though, Lord, we do have knowledge that somehow puffs us up and actually holds pride in us, I pray that we lay our knowledge down so we can obtain your wisdom. Jesus, please be my words tonight, and I pray, Lord, for all of our hearts that we would be saturated in your truth and that we would actually come and know you as God with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Please pray that God would speak through me. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, pray that God would speak to your heart. Jesus, we love you. You are so good, and you are God. Thank you for this day. In your name, amen. All right, so verse 16, straight from the top. Here we go. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy, I'm sorry, hold on. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolish to God, as the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. Okay, so my biggest thing is when you guys come to Fuse, I, I wanna make sure that, you, that you're comfortable. I want, I, want you, I want you to feel comfortable when you're here, so that's why I wanna talk about politics. That's a joke. <laughs> so, but honestly, so I, I, was, I was coming here, and uh, my brother, he's, he likes uh, Beto or Beto, whatever his name is. So I listened to a debate between him and uh, Senator Ted Cruz, and I, and I listened for 53 minutes to a debate. And here's the thing. I noticed this about these, these two, uh, when they were debating, these two guys. Instead of saying what they would actually do to change something, 
what they would do is they would tear down someone else's knowledge of, uh, of someone else. They would strip them down of all their, their words and the things that they had to offer so that they could actually sound good, but they didn't actually have anything to offer. So if it was me and another person, so if it was me and some other guy up here, instead of me telling you something that would help you, basically what I'd do is say, this is why this person can't help you. And it's weird because then what we say is, oh my gosh, you know what we need? One of those guys to be our governor. That's what we need. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how we get there in our thinking, but we do. We, we do that to ourselves. What we'll do is we'll pick somebody's way of thinking and then we'll apply it to ourselves. And at that point, we let somebody tell us how we should think. And I don't bring politics in here. It's not something I ever talk about. It's not something I'm going to talk about in here. But here's what I'll say. It is really weird that if you are on one side or another, you will think in a monolithic sense, meaning whatever that party is, you'll think you'll subscribe to the things that they subscribe to. And so what I challenge you to think is, please don't sit here and think the same thing as everyone else does. Like, sit here and try to find wisdom. Don't try to obtain knowledge here. Like, if you've heard these stories, if you've heard all these things, that doesn't matter if you've heard this once or twice or a million times. What actually matters is that you're gaining wisdom from this. And so here's what wisdom does. Wisdom allows you to see things the way they really are. But that doesn't mean... We use our mouth to discover that. In fact, it's, it's, we gain wisdom when we actually learn how to stop talking. Some of you guys, you've heard me, you've heard me tell the story before, but like for me, I've always had this, this gift of being able to uh, speak without ceasing. And I have a spiritual gift of being able to frustrate my parents very easily and very quickly. They're both here. And so... Over time, this gift has actually got me into a lot of awesome places, like youth pastor position, but then it's also got me a lot of places where I really didn't know if I was going to get punched in the face or not. I had no idea. But I've worked at Starbucks, again, for just like a super long time. And basically, uh, what would happen one day, there was uh, this, this patient's fair thing. And so all these people came to my work. So all, all these people, basically, they line up into the Starbucks that's now a sushi box. Uh, but by neighborhood Walmart, it's, it's right there. And so there's a huge line of people uh, that would start at this bank and then go all the way around. Can we go down a little bit in this? Is that cool? And so it, the line would go all the way through, and then basically uh, it would end up right, right in front of me at my register right here. And so what had happened was all these people came through, and I noticed like a specific group of people. And I noticed them because they were wearing all like black leather. So everybody was dressed like super normal. And then there was a bunch of people in leather. So I was like, okay, this is really uncomfortable. And so you guys must be Baptists. And so I was like, well, let's, let's, okay, let's get out of here. So they, they start coming up to the register. And then basically what, what ends up happening is I see one guy facing me. And so I'm like, hey, what's up? And then I, I see another guy turn around. And, and then there's another person who's like this. And so they're walking through. And so basically what ends up happening is they get to the register and I was like, what's up, my dudes? I was like, hey, bros, my guys. And I'm not kidding you. The, <laughs> the tallest woman I'd ever seen turned around and looked at me. And she goes, Shh. I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I took her order right there, but I, I, I accidentally called this, this really enormous woman a man. And I never forgot that day. Because honestly, at the end of it, I found myself placing some sort of 
a general idea that I, I had this generalized idea and this thought that I placed on a person that I didn't know anything about, and it led me honestly to a really awkward place. See, the difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowledge will always lead you to a place where sometimes you are safe with knowledge, and other times you're not. See, knowledge is, is great, but people who, who have obtained wisdom, especially through God, are, are the people who've come to the realization that knowledge has failed them multiple times. See, the thing is, is knowledge doesn't seal the deal. Wisdom seals the deal. See, it's when knowledge continues to fail and fail and fail you. Your ideas continue to fail, fail, and fail. See, that's the thing, is that when I go back to a human leader, it, there's, there's all these people that will vote for that are polished, and they, they have all the right things to say. But at the end of the day, they don't actually really have an answer for why we are broken. You and I are broken, and it's outside of our control, so who do you trust? I don't know. So I have, I have two points for you. So the first point is this one. It's about the character of God, and as we're actually walking through this, uh, verse 16, he says this, or verse 17, God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Okay, so typically I have you guys write down uh, these points, but I, I just have two points uh, tonight that we'll be kind of looking at. So God fiercely defends all who call on him. Okay, so there hasn't been someone in biblical history or present day where somebody said, God, I need you, and he didn't show up. I mean, that just, that doesn't exist within God himself. He's never been that guy that's you say, God, I need you, and he's like, well, I'll, I'll get around to you. It's not like me when you say SOS emergency. Like, it, it, that's not how it works. Like, with him, it's an immediate thing. When you call on him and you say, you are my father, I'm your daughter, I'm your son, and that's your posture towards God, here's what happens. Immediately, he goes down and he gets you. And Peter's the example of that. And so the thing is, Peter, in the same breath, like as, as I'm talking about drowning, I, hadn't, there was, I was nowhere near drowning. See, like I think, I think about Peter, when he, when he threw a leg, like, think about this, when he threw a leg on the outside of that boat, and started walking on water. Like, think about what it felt like underneath his feet to stand on top of water. Like, think about, like, like just put yourself, I was going to say in his shoes, but I don't know if he had shoes. <laughs> so think about this. No, like, think about him throwing a leg over the side of the boat and then standing, having stable ground on top of water and then walking towards God. See, I don't know if knowledge takes you there. I think wisdom takes you there. See, wisdom takes you to God, but in ways that you don't understand, so you can't lean on your knowledge. In fact, what Proverbs is very clear in saying is don't trust, don't lean not on your own understanding. Trust God, seek his will above all else, and he'll show you which path to take. But if you continue to read with me, uh, we're gonna start here in verse 20. It says this, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter, or the world, or life and death, or the present and the future, everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Okay, so this, this is a huge, huge deal right here. Thank you for standing for the guys that do. So this is a huge deal. So I, I can only describe this in, in so many ways, but one of, the, one of the ways that I can describe this is 
when I went to Bible college, there, there's a bunch of theologians that people will read. And so there's one guy named John Calvin. And so people who like believe in some of the things that he said, they, they, go, they, they go by the name Calvinist. And so they'll say like, I'm a Calvinist. I believe in this, this, or this. So they'll say those things, right? Okay, so here's what ends up happening. They believe these five points, these five points of Calvinism, and I'm not gonna go through them. But basically what ends up happening is this. They read the Bible through a lens of that understanding. So if they're Calvinists, they'll read the Bible as a Calvinist and not as a Christian. And so there was this kid every single day, every single, like I had no idea what this kid did with his life. And it would bug the mess out of me. So in Bible college, uh, I would work a part-time job, so I, I would, after dinner, I, I would go work till like 11 at night, and I'd come home and start my homework at midnight, and I'd get up and go to class like at six the next day. And so this kid, Richie, oh my gosh, yeah, he's from Illinois, and so he would, he would come to my room every single night. I'm not a Calvinist, I'm just a Christian, so <laughs> if that's enough. And so he would, he would come to my dorm, and he would argue with me about being a Calvinist, so he would always talk to me about being a Calvinist. And he's like, this Calvin, Calvin that, Calvin this. And I was like, okay, dude, I just, I just got, here, got home from Starbucks. I don't want to like, be doing this or this or like, that's just not what I want to do. I don't want to talk to you about that. And so finally one day I gave in and I was like, all right, man. I was like, let's pray. Let's pray about it. And he goes, okay. And I, he, didn't, he didn't know where I was going with this. And so like, we sit down. He's like, let's go to the living room. So we like, go to the living room. We sit down in the living room. And basically, we put our heads down, and I go, I'll start, I'll start with mine. I like this, I was like, okay, just pray now. I go, dear Calvin, thank you for your word, Calvin. And he goes, and he just got up and walked out of the room. And here's the thing, like, he believes that Calvin has the final say. I don't believe that he does. I don't believe that anybody does. I believe that the word of God is final. I believe that all wisdom comes from that. So I don't sit here, and I don't think, as far as my understanding is concerned, that it's something that even my thoughts, my ideas will sink into you and it'll be something you need to hang on to. I don't think my ideas, my words, all these things matter. I think what really matters is God's word. And honestly, it'll be here a lot longer than all of us. So when it comes down to this passage and it comes down to what God wants us to know, my final thought, my main idea would be this. To know Jesus is to know wisdom. To know Jesus is to know wisdom. Okay, when we talk about Peter drowning that day, I would want to know what was running through his mind in that minute when he reached out to, to King Jesus. So like when he, when he reached out, when he was sinking, and God reached out and grabbed his hand, do you think in that moment that he knew, do you think in that moment he knew he was actually like grabbing the, the the legitimate hand of, of the God of the universe. See, it's a, it's a weird thing that, that we do oftentimes is we actually devalue some of the things that matter most. Here's some of the things we devalue. We devalue that we could come here and worship for free. We devalue that you get to come here and no one's hunting you for being here. One of the things that we devalue is, is that we'll come here and then we'll see that, that God's done all these things but we don't actually use our life to follow that. We'll, we'll use a chair to sit down and hear things that we agree with, but again, it just turns into politics. 
Because a lot of times people, people my age, they, they, I remember it when everybody was trying to tell me, well, I'm one of Bernie. Maybe not Calvin, but I'm one of Bernie, right? Two years ago. Get your Bernie starter pack. Get your nose ring. Get your tie-dye t-shirt in there or whatever. And so you got all the Bernie Sanders people, and they would come talk to me about this. And they would say, well, Bernie has this, this, and this. And they would talk to me about Bernie. And I go, wow, Bernie sounds pretty great. And this country's been around for, like a, honestly, a couple hundred years. Can he, really, can he really do that much good for decades and decades of, of messes? Can he really do all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was crazy because all these people come to me, all these people come to me and they try to get me to follow somebody else's teaching. And then I'll go listen to Bernie and he's this old guy screaming about something and wheezing and I'm like, somebody just call the doctor. I, I don't know if he's having a heart attack or what, I'm just scared for his health. And Trump walks out, we all pray. God, thank you, what's happening right now? Like all these people come out and this is what, and I remember this. is like, I remember when it, when it came down. This is the first time I ever talked about politics in here. I'm not a political guy. But I remember I was in New Orleans, and we saw all the different political people on both parties. What size were the, it was a Republican primary or whatever. And it was weird because out of everybody, there was all these people, and then Donald Trump. And my family and I were like, it's definitely, like, it would be hilarious if Donald Trump was president. Like, that, that's probably not going to happen. And so... But not, <laughs> but no, we were all thinking, okay, he's a, he's a TV star. We were all thinking that. So it's like, no one was thinking Trump's going to win this. And so people are like, on the Democratic side, even my Democrat friends were like, Hillary Clinton's running. Most of my Democrat friends were not saying, Hillary Clinton's going to win this thing. They're like, it would be so crazy if she won. And then it came down to those two people, to the point of where I say this, and you guys are cringing harder than anything I've ever said up here. Like, it's, it, but isn't that weird, though? Like, you'll put yourself under their thought immediately. If it's red or blue, you'll subscribe to it. And to be honest with you, if it comes down to even you seeing it on social media to an extent, you'll defend it. And when it comes to actually having a real debate, and when it comes to really talking through it, most people won't. And, and you'll, stay, you'll sit behind a computer, and then that's as much strength as you typically have. See, wisdom, wisdom doesn't even think of something to say. Wisdom oftentimes goes, I don't even need to say something. See, what wisdom does, wisdom actually can look at a situation and think, I don't even need to address this. See, wisdom can actually look at something and say, this isn't worth my time. But you can't know wisdom if you don't know Jesus. See, Jesus is wisdom. See, I, I, I could go, like, put myself under another guy's teaching. I could be a Calvinist. I could do all that. And he has some great things to say. But I'm not going to name myself after him. I, I just, I'm just not. I'm not going to do that. We came from a really, really big church. And the, the pastor there, his name is Francis Chan. He's an amazing, amazing pastor. And so I remember I went to, I went to Bible school, and, and I dated his daughter for a really long time, and one of the things that people would say is, that's the guy who dated Francis Chan's daughter. They didn't know my name. They would say, that's the guy. Like I walked around in a robe or something like that. <laughs> like that's the guy who dated. And I remember how, just how bothered I got with that. Like I lost my, my name to, that's the guy who's dating Francis Chan's daughter. 
They're not even using her name. <laughs> like, you see how degrading that is to both of us. Like, to her even, to Rachel. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you put yourself underneath somebody's like, that's Francis Chan. I'm one of Francis Chan. No, you're not. If you're bought with blood, then you belong to Jesus, and that's it. That doesn't mean you don't take what people say. Like, I still hear Francis, and I, I'm like, man, I love that. I love what he's saying. I, I love all this. But at the end of the day, I mean, we do it on small levels, too. You, you have to understand that if it's with somebody you're dating. If I cut the person out from underneath you right now and, and you lost a relationship tonight, could you stand still? Could you stand? See, the thing is, is it's really easy to convince yourself that in a lot of ways that, that you would be okay if everything got taken away from you. But I would actually, I'd actually challenge that because typically when you are being really challenged, that's when you really do call me. And that's really when you and I start to have conversations. In the last four years, I've had phone calls with people in the middle of the night, believing full well, they've been Christians for years, thinking that they're going to go to hell. And I go, where do you read that in the Bible? And they go, I haven't read my Bible. I go, that's probably why you think that. Because that's not what the Bible teaches. But there's some pastors that teach, if you don't get baptized, then you're not going to heaven. In this town, in this town, in the city that you live in, there are people here that will say, if you do not get baptized, then you can't actually walk into the kingdom of God. If you don't get baptized, I'll be honest with you, you're being disobedient if you haven't done it. And there's nothing to lose and everything to gain when you do it. But if there's any work outside of what Jesus did on the cross that gets you into heaven, then him coming here wasn't good enough. I cannot dishonor him and say that I need to do something to add to what he did on the cross. So when I meet that guy, I have to tell people, hold me back. Because I'm going to go with this dude. The thing is, like, you got to be careful who you put yourself underneath. One of my favorite people, uh, who's actually in this room, I, I, I love this dude. He, he's come up to me after, after teaching some nights, and he goes, well, I, I need to know where this says this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I have to, I have, but I love that he calls me to it. And I have to talk with him through this thing, because he'll even put me up to God's word, because I'm not always going to tell you guys the truth, because I'm broken. I'm just a person. And the thing is, you're just human. So here's the thing. Application. Application for you might be this. When you go home, actually probably one of the healthiest things you could do is hop off social media just for a couple days and see how much better you feel. You're so addicted. Actually, I've gone to a bunch of different camps. One, there's a camp I went to, Young Life Camp. And I was a leader at a Young Life Camp. Young Life is insane because what they'll do is at the beginning, it doesn't matter what the parents think. Young Life, they, they'll just take the phone away for a whole week without asking anybody. So the phone's just gone. And then basically what happens is there's, it's a week and a half or a week, a full week, where basically no one has their phone. And I remember this just was so crazy. When we got on the charter, or we got on the charter bus, we were coming home from North Carolina to Dallas. I got the job to where I had to hand the phones back. Each person I handed a phone back to, they got depressed. I said, I don't even want it. It was a burden when I gave them my phone back. But the thing is, for you, your phone is your guide sometimes more than actually the word of God is. In fact, it's the first thing you look at when you wake up, and it's the last thing you look at when you go to sleep. And so I'm saying this in a loving way. I'm not saying this to be mean. 
But what I am saying is, I, I got to be real. Can I be real? If I stop being real with you, then I can't be up here anymore. But I have to be with you and say, hey, what do you trust in? Do you trust in your knowledge or are you asking God for his wisdom? Because if you ask for his wisdom, then you don't have to go through the pain of trying to carry your own knowledge because your knowledge weighs too much. And sometimes the knowledge, I'd say 90% of it, for me, is my pride. And I found that out yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, with the people that I work closest with and, and, that, I, and that I love the most, I, I said some of the dumbest things yesterday. I said some of the dumbest things. But you know what that was coming from? My knowledge, not my wisdom. See, if I had any wisdom, I would say, God, I need your wisdom for this moment because right now I'm speaking with my knowledge. My knowledge is damaging people around me. Right now I need God's wisdom. And I see it, I see it, I see it, you see it, we all see it. But what's gonna be the change? What's gonna be the change in you? What's gonna be the difference when you leave here tonight? What's gonna be different about you? Like, is there something in your mind right now where you can actually pinpoint it and say, tonight I'm actually gonna go home with this thing in mind and I'm actually gonna take it to God and ask for wisdom about this? It could be some of you guys don't even know where your walk with God is at. Like he's there, but he's kind of like a, like a cousin. Like somebody you just kind of see sometimes. <laughs> like, not like a real family member, but just like a, like somebody you're happy to see when you see him. <sighs> if that's where you're at, like you know I gotta call you out of that, right? You know I have to. That's why I'd say this. At the end of the day, wisdom will always listen. Wisdom will always listen. I had a guy, and I'll close with this. I'll close with this, this kind of like last story. There's a guy who was a, he was a pastor here for a long time, a worship guy. And I, I remember we, uh, we went to go get coffee, and, and he had just a long time ago left, and his heart was really angry and bitter. And he said, he asked me, what does it take to be a leader? And, and I said, he goes, you can give me one thing. And uh, I go, what do you want me to say? And he goes, I, I, he goes I, I want you to say confidence. A great leader needs confidence. I said, really? Doesn't anybody need confidence? Confidence is good to have, but I said, honestly, I think the best leader listens. Do you understand the people that you vote for, the people who are going to try to do the best by you are the ones who are going to be listening the most. They don't even know what issues to help you with if they're not listening. I know that with my Don Shredder team, I know that with that staff, there's 18 people. I can only be their leader when I listen. If I just talk at them all the time, I can't actually lead them anywhere because I don't know what they need. See, here's the thing. God is always listening to you. So when you actually are just thinking about him, he's listening to your thoughts. But see, some of you, you, you get scared at that. But here's what I'm saying. You don't actually have to be scared by that. What you could actually feel is relief because he defends you fiercely. So when he defends you, all you have to do at the end of the day is this. Okay, God, okay, look, I'm, very, I'm really weak. I don't have control of my life. Here it is. And I don't know why that's the hardest thing to do. But to let go is the hardest thing. And when you do it, you'll see how powerful God really is. But you have to give up your knowledge. You have to let go of what you think is actually real.
we might have to become what your perception of stupid is so that you could get his wisdom. The guys who stood up in here, I love when they stand up. They do that in church. They do that all the time. Those are the guys in my D group. They stand up at attention of God's word. Like when it's read, it's the most important thing to them, so they stand up. Those are the guys in my D group. That's why I'm in their D group. That's wise. That's a wise thing to do. So my challenge to you is this. When you go home, I want you to memorize one proverb a day. My proverb today, my proverb today is it's better, it's better to enjoy a bowl of vegetables with a friend you love than a steak with someone you despise. That's my proverb today. I would go home and start memorizing as many proverbs as you possibly can. And I would read as much as you possibly can, as much as you possibly can read about Jesus Christ and pray. Not schedule in a quiet time. Don't cram in thoughts. Go seek him. Go search for him. Put in the time looking for him, finding him, reaching out to him. Don't do that weird, like, calligraphy Bible you highlight it in the morning with this like weird kind of thing. I, I want you guys to really seek him in your heart. When you worship him, just be still. He'll always lead you to good place. Put your trust in him. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that your love never fails. God, thank you that it never gives up. God, thank you that it never runs out. God, I just pray that at the end of the day, we would see you as you really are and not what we, as we perceive you to be. God, I pray that we would, I pray that we would just give you our understanding right now. I pray that we would we would just offer up what we think is best. It doesn't matter how old we are in this room or how young we are. None of that matters, God. We're all here and we're all underneath you. You are the leader. Jesus, you are the one who guides. Jesus, you are the one who shepherds. Jesus, you are the one who saves. There is no other name that we could be saved by except by yours, Jesus Christ alone. So Fuse, that's why I'm gonna ask you in the next few minutes, if you haven't started that relationship with Jesus yet, right now, just in your heart, just ask God, God, I want to know you. If you do know God and you're not walking with him, say, God, I just give you my life. 